goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. You know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Be afraid. Be very afraid. You mostly come at night. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. I'm gonna die out here. Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. What an accident, Dave. An exorcism. I Dracula. We have such sights to show you. Welcome to the R&D Project. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the R&D Project. I am one of your hosts, Rob Nicholson, up here in New Jersey, and as always, I am joined by my hetero life mate. Hey, Donnie Sturgis here in Virginia, who just wet himself after listening to that intro. Jesus. <laughs> I decided to kick it back old school, you know, like four episodes ago or three episodes ago. So yeah, no um, nightmare fuel. That's great. There, there we go. <laughs> so that was it. Yes, 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 yes. And we do have such sites to show you, but you know, it's a podcast, so you're not going to be able to see them. So that kind of sucks for everybody else, not us. Um, tonight we are joined by none other than Joe Petten the head writer for Dark Hills Gaming. And we are also joined by a very special guest, one of our friends, number one, and a, um, a co-player at um, Camp Blood events, Mary Engelhart out of Virginia as well. Hello! <laughs> that was fantastic. It's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh god it's talk radio we've got talk radio joe turn it turn the channel change the channel shit talk radio joe is here you'll remember from last week's episode the history of horror that joe came in with a lot more enthusiasm the last time the moment you become predictable the easier you are to kill so actually i just i just put my daughter to sleep and nothing makes you more sedate been working very hard it's like a jedi mind trick okay when you're putting a kid to sleep you can't just be like all right it's time for bed you have to like pretend that you're sleepy you have to like <laughs> you basically pretend to sleep for a half an hour in the hopes that they'll actually fall asleep there's so much to it so so what you described there wasn't really a jedi mind trick so much as like stockholm syndrome <laughs> <laughs> There. <laughs> oh my god! And Mary Fair comes enough. out swinging. Oh, <laughs> I felt bad. You know, he left me hanging. I had the enthusiasm, and then he came in with the too cool for school. And now I feel like a geek. <laughs> Listeners, I will. I will tell you what. Um, Mary, as you will get to know over other episodes that she appears in, and she will be back. Oh, wow. no, Mary, no, low expectations. Low expectations. Don't build them too high. Let's, let's stay high. high. Too late. But Mary behind you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mary can tear some shit up. <laughs> so, so be ready. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. So. God help us all. 
God help us all. Uh. <clears throat> so we are here tonight um, as as um, survivors of the Camp Love experience this past weekend. Although I guess I am talking to two ghosts. Uh, my co-host is a ghost and Mary is a ghost. Why? Because they didn't, not them in particularly, but the the teams at the event did not follow directions. So mm-hmm. guess who won? Joe, myself, and all of our other monster buddies because people didn't follow directions. People yeah. died. They didn't work together. They didn't Goddamn bills. The goddamn bills. And the bends. Right. Yes. And the bends. Yeah, you're right. But the bills and the bends let us down, which is really disappointing because I feel like the bills and the bends should have been the ones we could count on. Right? I, You know, we were taking bets all night which team would be the best. And we were like, man, bills and bends and bevs, they got to be kicking it out of the park. But for us bevs, we did our part. We tried real hard. <laughs> we were all hard out there. You don't even need to say us. You just need to say, like, we bevs. You know, you guys were basically, like, symbiotes, all right? It was one person in three bodies connected via digits. It was unbelievable. We really were. And, we and- got lucky with that bev setup because by the, by the like, after the initial run, there was only about three or four of us left, and we were all on the same page. I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to crush this. For, for our listeners who have no fucking clue what we're talking about, yeah. this past weekend was an It event, um, which was inspired by the movies, miniseries, and book. Uh, and every player was broken up into groups based off the characters from the novel and movies. And they all... Th- this game was pass or fail, mostly dependent on whether or not you could work together. Because it is about working with your friends to stop a horrible monster, you know? So all they had to do was not steal from each other and not fuck each other over and listen to each other. And in the end, they all pretty much did everything they had to do except listen to each other. So while you had awesome groups like the Bevs running around kicking ass, you had groups like the Bills literally getting lost in the middle of the woods i told you guys that i had to go deep into the woods to rescue some people right i I just i just want to say one thing the richies there were only five of us there were only five richie tozers we wanted we were we wanted to work hard we wanted to work with other people we got so insanely fucked we had nothing to work with so we're like, hey, we want to help, but we don't have anything. Never mind. We're everybody just stole all of our shit. We're 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 done. You guys were the saddest bunch of kids. You guys were <laughs> the kids trying to get into Harvard, but like wearing shoe boxes on your feet. <laughs> you just don't have enough money to take the SATs or something. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, is kind of a very richy thing to have happen. Like that sure. whole storyline yeah. just really fit the character and the way you guys took it seemed to fit the character too yeah it it was clearly the best group i saw you guys running around and i was like i want to be in that group even when they're getting fucked they're having the best time yep so for our listeners at every single camp blood event at every single dark hills gaming event um counselor joe joe himself he gives you all the tools you will need during the day to 
to advance your game, to ultimately win the game. I like and incept all- you. I incept you. I'm like, let's play a game of tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe. Game of tic-tac-toe. And then later on in the night, everything you need to win the game, you learned while playing tic-tac-toe, you know? Right. And all you have to do is fucking listen. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> You don't need, I mean, you don't necessarily need to know combat if you can run fast and you never have to worry about combat, but you do need to listen to the tour that he gives you of the camp and the stories that get told by the characters all day. It is a fully immersive horror experience. And if you don't allow yourself to get immersed, guess what? You lose. To be fair, though, I feel like if nothing else, modern day society has kind of taught us that listening is the most challenging and difficult thing for us to do as human beings. <laughs> well, of course it is when you have your nose buried in a goddamn cell phone all day. I remember, and, and, and we have parts of it on video, but you couldn't see behind me. Everybody was on a cell phone including me, but I knew I was playing a monster and I was trying to film something for the live stream. But everybody was on their cell phones. <laughs> Put down the cell phone. Sorry, sorry, I was on Facebook. Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Donnie went on Facebook or on some YouTube channel, the, the other episode, and we lost him three separate times. So that was fun. I mean, if it was important, you'd be tweeting it, right? Yeah, probably. Oh. No. <laughs> probably. No, I'd be giving. I'd be sitting here giving oozing details. Oozing. Oozing oh. details. I'd be oozing details. I wouldn't be giving oozing details. I would be oozing details. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound much better. You just accidentally say the weirdest fucking thing. <laughs> be like, Rob, how's your day going? And you'll be like, Oh, it's. I can't even think of anything weird enough. I can't even think of anything weird enough to sound Rob. I'll just like I'll, it won't it won't work. It, it, it it's like this. Like most people will say, like, well, I got into my car and I turned it on and I drove to work. And Robbie were like, I caressed the door of that car and I opened it slowly. <laughs> and then I got into the seat and man, it was just like, oh, I eased in and I just went, oh. And then I turned that key. I am a writer and performer. <laughs> All the time. It's what I do. Well, well, what the fuck am I then? Like, (laughs) Ginger, am I not meeting, like, the weird things to say quota? No, no, not at all. How how are you doing, Donnie? How how are things going? I'm I'm wishing I had some of your bourbon right now. (laughs) Well, this stuff's coming in real handy right now. I will tell you, you, if... If there's ever anything that I need to know about horror or need to have myself checked on, that's who I go to is Joe because <laughs> Joe is my um he's he's he is my oh. he's really not your idiot savant he's more your galactic council. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. These, I'll take that. These are all weird Has... things to be compared to. Can I just be compared to a person? <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't tell me you're not at least a little bit satisfied to be compared to the Green Lantern Galactic Council over there. I mean, I know that didn't necessarily end well in the comic books, but really nothing ever does. I I mean, I guess, but they did lock up a bunch of evil beings to the point where they then escaped and, like, destroyed the world. So I like to think I'm a little more open-minded than that. They had the best of intentions, though. (laughs) 
That took 13 minutes, guys, to go completely <laughs> off the rails. 13 right. minutes. I'm a new one, world one, record! One second away from reciting the Green Lantern Corps motto. One second away. That's and we got that raising far? Hands. No one is raising their hands. I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> Everybody raise their hand. <laughs> Wait, the, the female just went mute. <laughs> raise your hand. Oh, damn it. No, it's because I know better than to try and compete with male privilege. <laughs> oh, 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 shit. And then oh. all of the men grew quiet. <laughs> Exactly as I had foreseen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mary Engelhart Hour. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I we're, let's just give it to her. I don't, I don't want this podcast anymore. I feel awful about myself. Oh, no. I mean, I'm totally listening to the Mary Engelhart Hour. I mean, I'm gonna go get my own bourbon and join in whatever Mary Engelhart is doing. <laughs> I'm drinking bourbon and just enjoying the show, but if you guys oh, yeah. actually give me the podcast, I don't know what to do with it. This is like the story of my life. People give me the stage, and I'm like, I have nothing to say. I just wanted to prove I could get the stage. I, I imagine I, I, at least a rendition of the Mary Tyler Moore theme song, but a little more slurring, you know? I uh, Way more slurring, uh, and I can't catch the hat uh, when it's uh, on the air. You know, you, you say that, Mary, but then you handle yourself pretty damn well, so I don't know. I like to keep expectations low, okay? I'm more like Moriarty. I want to go behind the scenes and let other people shine while I just get to do my villainous work. I will give you a little hint about something that's coming up at the end of the podcast. The answer to number three has got to be Mary. That's all I'm saying. Um, That's all I'm saying. Now I'm scared. (laughs) Now you're scared. scared. Now I'm scared. (laughs) Who so just remember, basement. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Who else besides David Schwimmer would you like to punch in the face, Mary? Oh, no, 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 no. That wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> okay, uh, before we start casually talking about domestic abuse here, Rob, perhaps we can talk a bit about the skill game. Or whatever the fuck we came to talk here about tonight. Real quick, I just feel like you guys are really good at staying on task when I'm not here, so I'm sorry, but I'm also not very sorry. No. Yeah, that's no, fine. No, no, we no, love no. it. No, no, no. Do, let, do not blame yourself for something that they cut out of all the other episodes, okay? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have no idea. Our, our master recordings are just fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, your editing is really good, because when I listen to it, I can't tell that you guys digress this much. Oh, I yeah, just, no. This is normal. We, we digress a lot. Yeah. Oh, anyway. If you're, 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 you're peeking worse. behind the curtain, Mary. Okay, so, Donnie. Yes, sir. Um, you, you were a player in this weekend's events. Definitely a player. Yeah, he's a player. What? Joe, you're not helping. (laughs) Sorry, real quick. I'm just going to have to derail us for a split second longer and say my favorite line from the It movies, the recent It movies, is still the line in Ben's bedroom where Ben is talking about Derry's history and he goes, This was a beaver trapping town. And Richie goes, Am I right, boys? (laughs) That is a great line. That is a great line. So, Donnie, you were a player in this game. why don't you tell me a little bit about your day? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. So, <clears throat> anyway, um, it started like any other typical day. Um, you know, um, 
complete and extreme uh, horror. Um, what happened was, is uh, how far back do you want me to go on this? Like, <laughs> like when I got up in the morning, or morning, Rob? Any morning. Where were you born, Donnie? And how oh. long ago was it? Give us a childhood. Dickens, this go f- far back. Charles Dickens. That's what we're thinking here. Okay, so here, here. Let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that question, Donnie. You were a player in this past weekend's events. Yes. So why don't you take us through what a day at Camp Blood is like and what your day at Pennywise Lives was like? Yeah, I'm the bouse. <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't think anybody caught that reference. That no, totally did. Just didn't know how to react to it. <laughs> because he said, take me in the day of, take me in the life of the boss. Well, I talked to corporate like a bouse. Anyway. So, um, I got to camp about 1230 and, you know, standard fare. I mean, you get there, you, you sign in, you, you fill out your forms or not, you know, you kind of get acquainted with everybody, either people that you know or people that you don't know, so on and so forth. You know, get, get to, you play a couple games, get to know each other and stuff. Um, you know, got to, got to, um, meet up with people that I hadn't seen in a while, like Mary and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. I ended up playing, uh, the board game Horrified. Uh, with Mary and um, Kevin and Mary's friend, um, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, Mark. Mark. Wow, someone else remembered. Yes, Mark. <laughs> Mark. And, um, you know, that was, which, you know, uh, a small digression. Um, horrified, great board game. Universal Monsters, you fight them. It's awesome. It's like Monster Squad, the board game. G- anyway. Give us your money, Horrified. Give us your money. Yeah! Yes, free advertising, son of a bitch. So, um, once the game started, it was, and, and this is the thing that it was that was really fun uh, and interesting of note, is that I've been to two other events before this, Friday the 13th being both of them. Um, pretty standard fare. You show up, first time we were given a character to play, second time we weren't. But the, the events were pretty much the same. You, you get to know each other through camp activities, uh, you also get to learn how to play the game through camp activities, and then once night falls, Jason shows up, starts fucking shit up, and then you try to solve clues to feed him. Pretty straightforward. The uh, the Pennywise Lives was a little bit different, um, which I liked, because it had... Um, I, I liked the, the, the way the game mechanics worked out. Um, so first thing is Joey gets up, and he makes some announcements and everything, you know, telling us that we have to... There, there's, there's three activities, we have to sign up for at least one, which didn't make sense at first, because I'm like, okay, that's weird, because usually we have to, you know, they're all optional or whatever, so I'm wondering what the gameplay is. Um, and of course, being the wisecracker that I am, Joey goes into the spiel about, you know, how he's glad we're here, and he, you know, he does the whole Mike Hanlon kind of speech where he's like, you know, it is back, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, the last thing he ends with, he's like, um, you know, I, I haven't, you know, been having nightmares, I haven't really been able to sleep much lately. And I immediately, like, and because I'm a wise ass, I immediately fire back with, must be all that refreshing dairy air, to which everybody laughs. And, of course, I get the beep-beep, Richie. Well, about five minutes later, Joey comes over and says, Donnie, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure. And he hands me a popsicle stick, orange, with the name Richie on it. And that set the, the tone for the, rest of the, for the rest of the game for me, because at that point, we started realizing that these there were there was popsicle sticks for, with with uh, with different colors on them, and each color was assigned to a different character of the of the lucky seven, uh, the losers club. Um, and uh, 
So basically, I was like, okay. So and the, and that was the funny thing. It's like I was so used to the way things, even after even after like one, um, even even after one event. By the time I got to the second Friday Thirteenth event, I kind of had a fee. I kind of understood how things were supposed to run. Completely, uh, I was I was completely out of my element here. I had no idea what was coming next. I didn't know what the popsicles meant. I didn't know what we were supposed to do with them. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Like and it was neat. It was refreshing because you know it's kind of like playing the Friday Thirteenth video game. You start to get to know the maps after a while, and and you, so you, you know you don't really need like the main map to find where everything is or to know where to go in the camp. But then when they introduce a new map, you're like, oh crap! Now now it's game on. And that's kind of what this was. It was the same thing. So um. <clears throat> Make a long story short, too late. Um, clue reference, Rob. Um, Got it. <laughs> um, so, as the as the day progressed, we find out that the um, uh, that the activities that we that we only had to sign up for one of, they all actually ended up uh, in the same place uh, at the at the out at the outdoor theater where basically Joey broke down. So it was different. It was different this time around. He broke down the rules, you know, broke down uh, what we needed to succeed, you know, at all the clues, all the pieces that you needed to play the game, every all the all the all the components, um, everything you need. And of course, a lot of we we had a lot of we had a lot of um, participants who I don't know why they were there. I don't want to, you know, it's, I don't I don't want to get insulting, but I don't know why they were there. Like, why did you pay money to come here if you weren't going to play the game? But there are there were quite a few of those, um, and they mostly ended up being bills or and or beds um, by the end of it. So, but we ended up um, by the end of by, by the time dusk broke, we were we were formed into seven different groups. All the Richies were together, all Bens, all the bills, and so on. And at that point, we were set out to uh, find our um, um, shit. I just lost the word. Um, not Avatar. Uh, um, what's, why am I blanking on this word, everybody? Artifact. Artifact. Thank you. Thank you. See, that, I knew I could count on Mary. Um, because she was a Bev, and the Bevs were fucking awesome. Um, so we all had to find our each find our artifact. Like if you've seen the movie and stuff, you 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 know, um, the artifacts are required in order to be able to finally defeat anyone. Um, which. In the Richie's case, we were already at a severe handicap from the very beginning. Um, because the minute that we came back up that hill from being chased by Pennywise from the Barrens, uh, we went to the playground, which is where our first clue was, and our first clue was missing. And the reason being is there was a bunch of college kids that were basically spending the weekend at the lodge next to the uh, playground, which... Uh, just on a, a side note, that lodge is usually where we, we where we stay when we're playing the game. This time we had to stay at another lodge across the camp. But we go to the playground. Our clue is missing. There's some of the college kids are outside on the swings and shit. They don't know what's going on. They don't know they don't know anything about the, the missing clue. And then the lady, one of the ladies who's who's basically in charge of these college kids, comes out and starts yelling at us. For being, for for you know, basically bothering her people, her kids, and, and and basically being where we're not supposed to. So we're just like, um, but we were told this is where our clue was supposed to be. Like it was all set up ahead of time. And she's like, no, 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 no. She she was not being very very pleasant about the whole. 
which was news to us, mind you. Like right, it, like this had all been discussed beforehand, and there was no issue. I think the problem was was they were drunk. So ding, ding, ding. and it, and if I can interrupt for one second, um, for the people that have never been involved in a Dark Hills gaming event, um, Joe and crew are very, very, very clear that any Dark Hill. Any Dark Hills gaming event is a alcohol and drug free zone. Right. So it's not allowed to begin with. Um, obviously, there are people that ruin things for everybody else by bringing stuff in that they should not. Um, you know, as far as I know, in the five events that I've been part of, this has only happened one other time and it was nipped in the bud um, right from the beginning. Um, but I mean, it, it, it does happen. Um, you know, so th- there's not supposed to be any any drugs. There's not supposed to be any alcohol. There's not supposed to be any. This was a secondary group that was staying at the camp in a different. Oh, and they right. they started wandering into our game, and I know they were drunk because they were offering our players tequila. Yep. Oh, so damn it! I, I actually. <laughs> I actually had to get involved, which does not happen often. We we at all actually. We've never really had an issue where we've had an outside group come in and mess with one of our events. This was the first time. And in all fairness, it only lasted a couple minutes. But you know, a couple minutes is all it takes to really get you out of the moment. Um, which is what I hate. I work right. so hard, everyone at the camp works so hard to create an atmosphere and try to keep us in that atmosphere. So yes. it's just not appreciated. Agreed. Agreed. Donnie. Yes, sir. Back to you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah. So from the very beginning, um, our, our, uh, artifact hunt was already, uh, at a severe, um, uh, was hampered severely. Um, so our first clue was missing. So we had to call Joe, and uh, and of course he, you know, basically had to talk to the lady, and and that's the other thing too. Like this lady, she was all like, and and it, it was almost like she was blaming us for her college kids being outside because and it's just it's just five of us. Like we're, we're the Richies were the smallest group, which was another issue entirely. But um, but she comes out and she's like, you guys are supposed to be here. You guys are supposed to like you're. You're you're only supposed to come up to the black to the to the black top where the where the basketball court is and no farther. And then she goes and and then she's and then she looks at us like in an accusatory manner and is like like and I like our like my people are out here wandering around. I don't know why that's happening. And I'm like I'm thinking to myself, well, you should. It's your job to manage them, right? Like you, this is this is not something you should be questioning. You should be you should be on this. So and then she, of course the way she's talking to us is like it's our fault that they're out there wandering around. Like we. Like we did something weird to kind of like get them all like, uh, like sp- like spurned up and everything. They're like, ah, like you know, I don't know what it is. Like it's like these aren't mental patients; these are college kids, right? Like this is same a, thing. Oh, my bad. Right. <laughs> I'm like this. This isn't the opening of Halloween. Like we we didn't like you know stir them up and, and get them all riled up. And they're like ah, we blah blah blah. But um, but yeah, she just she's just not um very amenable to anything. So then Joey showed up took care of the situation and then of course we had no clue anymore so basically we had to ask joey and you know we like we didn't mean to cheat but basically we had to say where's the next clue joe because we have no idea where we're going now and he told us where to go and so 
we made all we, we made our way uh to the next place which was supposed to be a theater of course there was a there was a problem there because there was a confusion over where the theater was um so we ended up going to the wrong uh, the wrong building at first uh and accidentally picking up stan one of stan's clues um and 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 i will say this for me personally uh, this was probably my greatest moment because I felt that I was being my most Richie at this point. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I was I was cracking wise and 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 spouting off and just in and making since you know, the day comments. you were born. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, that's what happens when you know you grow up in an abusive life. <laughs> so you, that's how you, you just went dark. That's, <laughs> that's how you survive, man. I'm a survivor. Um. But, um, and so, like, and so I think this, this was me at my, at my Richie, at my Richiest. Um, so the, the group, the five of us go, are trying to make it to this building and the Pennywise Frankenstein's monster shows up played by Mike Trenacosta. Really great job. He had, a, he had, a, he had like, uh, Camptown races, like Calliope music coming out, like really creepy. It was really scary. The, the way the lighting was, was really well done. It was very haunting and it's freaking us out. And I managed to break away from the group while Frankenstein is focused on them. I managed, because I'm wearing like all dark colors, so I managed to break away from the group, start making my way towards the clue, stop for a second, go, wait, what if there's another monster over here? And I, like, because one of the rules was don't get caught alone. That is how you die. Um, basically meaning, like, as long as you're in groups, the monsters can't harm you. Um... So I made my way back to the group. And I'm like, are you guys guys coming with me? And they're like, did you get the clue? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, what? And so they're all like, what? And I'm like, uh, I was like, oh, oh, all right. So luckily for me, I, I got a MacGuffin. Mike was still focused on them. I still managed to sneak away. Managed to grab Mulligan. the clue. Yeah, well, Mulligan. What did I say? MacGuffin? Oops, uh, a my MacGuffin bad. would mean that you were following right. the wrong clue. Right. No, I... No, it, it was the right clue, but it was meaningless, really. It was just a way to advance the plot. Right. True. I actually knew that. I just, I just misspoke. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> we both misspoke. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, well, Mary again for the win. Shit, the motherfucker, Mary. Boom, bitches. <laughs> Mary on her fifth bourbon. <clears throat> <laughs> Um, so I, this, I, I, I managed to sneak away a second time. I don't know how, but I managed to sneak away a second time, grab the clue. And in a pure Richie moment, I grab the clue. I get as close to Frankenstein as possible without him, without him realizing, run past him and go, eat shit, Frankenstein, and run past my group around the corner, waiting for them to catch up to me. And so, so I'm going to interrupt here real quick. So... <laughs> as monsters in the game, we all had to be because our uh, the radio and the microphones didn't work. Um, that's a little behind the scenes info. So we had to use nothing text fucking messages. worked, and we were making it all up on the spot, bitches. Behind that's it, that's it. So I have a I have a text message here. <laughs> By the way, Joe's on his fifth bourbon now too. There you go. So I have a text message here that I'll just share real quick. I got Joe saying the Richies accidentally took Stan's bird book, and it looks like a group that isn't the Richies took the vision packet and Richie's glasses because they're gone. And then he says, either they work together and fix it or we kill them all. <laughs> and then Mike Tranacosta, who played Frankenstein, 
Haha, ha, yeah, Donnie just got the bird book. Fuck you, Frankenstein. <laughs> I actually said eat shit, Frankenstein, but yeah, it's close <laughs> enough. Um, here's the th- and, and so that's the thing, though. So I run around the corner excited. I'm like, oh my god, that was my Richie moment. That was like pure Richie, like that, that's something like that would, that would happen. And everybody catches up to me, and I'm like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I take the envelope out, and it says Stan. I'm like, fuck. And I was like, guys, loser. I was like, we got the wrong goddamn clue. Now, here's the thing. While everybody else was stealing clues and not giving a flying fuck and just just either separating all the pieces or just, like, I don't know, whatever, what they were doing with them, eating them, I don't know. We were actually, when we found other people's clues, we were all about trying, like, we need, like, that was the first thing I said, we need to get this to Stan. We were all about that. We were all about wanting to help other people. Like, well, we got Stan's clue. Let's go find some stands and get them the clue. And Jessica, um, um, oh shit, um, Dominic, Jessica Dominic, uh, who was in my group, she actually had a good plan. If we found some one of the other groups' clue and they, um, and, and there was a clue that we hadn't gotten for ourselves yet, we were going to say, you go find our clue. It's in this building. If you get our clue, we will swap and everything, which was a good plan. I think it was, it was really, well, here's the problem. We tried that, and the stands went into the actual theater where our clue was supposed to be, and the clue was gone. And there it came out like there's nothing in there. So we're like, what? So we're like, okay, here's your clue anyway. We'll go in and see if, 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 we, if you guys missed something. No clue. So then we find, I, I can't even remember which group it was at this point. It was, it was like the mics or something. Um, and uh, whichever group Coraline's boyfriend was in. Um, uh, Kevin, oh yeah, it was, um, uh, it was the, um, um, shit, my mind is blank. I'm not, I'm not was it the mics? No, it wasn't the mics. It was, um. Stanley uh, then. No, it wasn't the stands. It was uh, the, the Kevin's group. It was, um. Oh, Ben? Or the other Ben or Bill? No, it was the Eddies. Oh. Really? You put him in the Eddies? Ke- Kevin Kevin was one of the Eddies, apparently, yes. No, I knew Kevin was an Eddie. I didn't know that Coraline's boyfriend was an Eddie. Um, well, oh, he might not have. Yeah. Cause here's oh, your- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is totally an Eddie. Look, you guys don't know what I know, but he's an Eddie, all right? All right. So... <laughs> So we, we meet up with the Eddies and we're like, hey guys, like you have one of our clues. And of course, uh, Coraline's boyfriend is like, oh, um, yeah, well, we have, like, I have this part of it. And so he gave us part of it. And like, apparently, like they had taken our clue and like split it up into pieces and like, cause there was different components to it. And he's like, yeah, I have this. And I'm like, well, do you have the note that was supposed to go with it? He goes, no, I don't have it. I think Kevin had it. So we're like, okay, so we go find Kevin. They're like, hey, Kevin, do you, and he's like, he gave, so he had the comic book that was part of the clue and a couple other things. And that's right. Um, Coraline's boyfriend had, um, had like the, had the, had the gag gifts, like the, like the fake vomit and stuff. No note. Um, so we go to Kevin. Kevin's like, yeah, here's the comic book. No note. And like, like, and we asked him, it was like, was there a note with this? He's like, no, I don't think so. And that's the problem for the, the entire night, the rest of the night, to make a long story short, too late. We spent the entire night without a single fucking clue of our own. We had pieces of the clue, but we never had any of the full clues of our own. They were all gone. Our artifact was missing. Everything was completely gone. We had nothing to go on. And yet, and yet, 
despite that, we were still doing our best to try to help everybody else get their shit done. If we found other people's clues, we would give them to the people that they belong to. If we found a clue, we'd say, hey, guys, your clue is over in there. Go get it. Like, in fact, we, I specifically told the Bens personally that there was a clue in one of the damn uh, steins that was in the lodge. And I said, it's in there. It's in a waterproof container in the drink. Completely oblivious to what I had told them. No, don't, don't, don't get me started on that. They came into the lodge and they drank. Okay. Now in these steins were clues. Okay. I didn't know anything about any of the clues. I was just told to set stuff out in my area and that's what I did. So I really didn't know where they were going to factor into gameplay, but let, there was, st- let me just interject for the quickest of moments. The whole idea behind these steins was if you read the book, it there's this amazing scene where after Ben finds out he has to go back because it's come back, he goes to a bar and he orders an entire stein filled with whiskey. And he then pours lemon juice up his nose and drinks the whiskey. I know it sounds yeah. weird, but it's an amazing scene. So my brain was like, man, if I ever got to be a Ben and I got to a part where there was a fucking clue at the bottom of a glass and this glass was filled with a beer-like substance and it was cream soda, by the way. It was just cream soda. I would down that in a fucking heartbeat. Now, mind you, there were multiple ways that they could go about emptying this glass. They could drink it. They could pour it in the sink. They could... uh, it had these little strings attached to each item, so they could just pull it out. The biggest thing to me was there were strings there, and they should have been noticed that there were strings. Instead, instead, much to the chagrin of Heather, who was standing like right next to them, basically, and Liz, who looked like she was ready to kill people for real, <laughs> they chose but to take... She was. If Liz looks like she's ready to kill people, she is. Yes, So they took the steins and they basically dumped them all over their face and the floor like you would see in some college frat party. And that was our friend um, Joe, our new friend Joe, um, who was great. And he had, um, he had, oh, what was the the one kid's name? He came with Taco, uh, uh, Jai, Jai. And like Jai came up to me later on because I guess it got back to him that like the whole room was pissed off. And he's like, I'm so sorry we spilled the stuff all over the, over the floor. I'm like, you're not, but it's okay. It is what it is. You did it in gameplay, but holy crap. I'm like, Dracula doesn't mop. I just don't mop. But um, yeah, I mean, the strings were plainly visible. And I, I guess in the heat of the moment, you do what you got to do because, you know, Dracula is roaming, roaming the area. And I can't break character to just yell at them and be like, dude, you fucking spilled stuff all over the place. <laughs> but it, it was a it was it was a funny scene for, for those that were there. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this, Joey. And I love this scene in the book. Yes, me too. And <laughs> that's really all you got to add. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I I was a little disappointed that Joey didn't make contestants shoot lemon wedges up their noses because that is the scene in the book that I remember. Well, here's the real question, Mary, and I I already know the answer, but I want to ask, would you have done it? (laughs) 
Uh, 100%. She, to- she totally would. I, I, I believe her. I, I would have regretted it almost immediately, but yes, I would have. This, this is what I love about you, Mary, is the absolute and utter commitment. <laughs> Absolutely. If there's one thing I can say about myself, I may fail completely, but I will have committed totally. See that that okay. that's, that's something that's something I've discovered about Mary over the last several months. She's a she's a goddamn daredevil. Like holy shit. Like and I love that. That's amazing. So and and that actually segues really nicely into bringing up Mary. I get freaked the fuck out by some of her workouts. They are literally scary to me or they were. Um and, and now I, I share my my training progress as I go along, and um, you know she 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 always has nice good advice to give me and, and makes me feel good. But um, she is a fierce competitor. In fact, at the last event before Pennywise, um, I got to play a killer. Um, I got to play one of the people that was turned, and it took three of us to bring this woman down while her friend Jason. Basically, was just like, okay, I'm bouncing. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> which he should have done because he couldn't kill you guys again. So, right. to be fair, he felt very apologetic afterwards, and I was like, "Why are you apologizing?" And he was like, "Cause I just kind of ran." And I was like, "You couldn't have saved me, so running is probably the best decision you could have made." But... Absolutely. So, I I, I have to ask. Um, in, in Zombieland, one of the rules of surviving is. Cardio. Cardio is very important because you do spend a large majority of the evening running from somebody who's trying to kill you, quote unquote. Um, so, Mary, as a runner, when you came to your first event at, at Dark Hills Gaming, um, what what would you say to people that do train? And, and is, is it enough? I would say that it, I mean, I mean, it depends on the level. I, I think there are people that could go and be you know, and, and be fine. But I think everyone's going to be surprised by the level of running needed. Um, as well as just the, the level of adrenaline. So it's, it's hard to explain. So like the past two events, which were, or the, the first two events I attended, which were Friday, the 13th events required a lot more running than I think this latest event, which was it related. Right. Sure. Um, took, but those first two events, I didn't have an issue running, but I was surprised by the amount that I ran and the level of of speed I needed. Um, again, like I said, sprinting is... The Jasons are phenomenal sprinters, and I was not expecting that. <laughs> See? She did... Um, Joe? <laughs> that, I mean, well, also, not just not just Joe, like, not just the, the, the Jasons, but the fact that there's more than one. Like, the very first event, what killed me was the fact that I didn't realize there was a second Jason I had to outrun. I was surprised by the amount that I had to run and the speed with which I had to run. I was kind of thinking I'd be fine or better than, than most, and I was... There was definitely the very first event. I did not know if I would outrun that first initial, you know, where where I died. I didn't think I'd be able to outrun, and I did, but then I ran right smack dab into second Jason. The third event, it didn't matter how fast I ran because I got attacked by surprise. And then the it event, I felt like I didn't run very much, but I was trying to do more of a stealth experience, and right. that led to me having to 
kind of hide more than I'm used to, which I kind of liked, actually. I am used to going, I'm pretty comfortable with running, but this it event forced me to have no choice because I had to follow my character arc and my character group through a specific mission. I felt like the whole rest of the Losers Club were depending upon me. And so because of that, I felt that I had to confront monsters. And that was way more stressful for me than I think I'm used to. Was actually, Mary, thank you so much because that was legit a goal of Pennywise Lives. You know, when, when we do the Friday the 13th, we were like, all right, how can we simulate what it's like to be stalked by Jason? Well, we're going to need a couple Jasons and they're going to need to pop up where you think you're running away from them, you know, stuff like that. So you, you'll learn to run and run fast and not stop. And that's how you survive. But for Pennywise, we were like, all right, running isn't going to work. We're going to need to force people to face these monsters. We need to make it so there isn't a single area that isn't haunted by a horrifying monster. For reference, uh, the most Jasons we've ever had at an event is four. And for Pennywise Lives, we had seven monsters stalking the ground. All night long. There was not a place that you could go where there wasn't a monster. And I loved that that worked. That that makes me really happy that you felt like you needed to fucking get in there and face off against a monster or else you'd let other people down. I wish everyone had felt that way. No, that was actually, I think, um, so the two people that I had invited, Mark and then Christy, and Christy brought her son, Jackson, who was in the Ben group. But Christy happened to be in the Bev group. And that was kind of the interesting thing is I kept kind of feeling like I needed to not apologize so much as explain because I had an idea from the Friday the 13th events, which I loved. But I told them, I was like, I am way more terrified in this it event. And I remember Christy asking me and she's like, why is this so much scarier? And I'm like, I think it's because with the Friday the 13th events, I love the adrenaline pumping. I love the fact that I'm running from things, but I don't feel the same amount of pressure because the whole group is working to solve the same puzzle. Whereas with the it event, it was, I'm stuck with this small group. We have a very specific mission we have to accomplish. And I felt a responsibility to do it and accountability to do it. And so because of that, I felt like I was having to, confront more of my own fears than I would even the Friday the 13th so it was it was stressful but in a good way and and I loved that part of the it event like I I love the Friday the 13th events for that adrenaline rush but the it event it was much more strategic because I had no choice but to accomplish those goals so you did an amazing job on that Uh, and the monsters also I have to take this minute I know I said it in my Facebook posts but all of those monsters did an amazing job in the sense of this was the first event that I felt that like grip of fear that would not let me go. Frankenstein, I never saw it during the entire event because when I would hear that, and I know Donnie called it Calliope, I've said Calliope. I have no well, idea how to pronounce that word. Calliope, but, that, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't. That twisted carnival, that dark carnival, warped carnival music coming right. towards me. I've I've, I've always heard it so. I've always heard it pronounced Calliope. Okay. So Calliope, I have no idea what to call it, but whatever it was, that twisted carnival music coming towards me was enough that I noped out before I even saw more than a faint outline of what was coming towards me. 
Mike did an amazing job with the mummy. I remember seeing just literally like flitters of him outlined by other people's flashlights. And it was enough that I knew Mike was the mummy. Like I could think of the name while I was staring at him, but it did not affect my fear level. Christina as the witch, I knew she was Christina, but I knew what we had to do. Cause I remember coming to you, Joe, and going, <laughs> I think I know what we have to do, but She's so creepy. I don't want to do it. Like all of those monsters did such a phenomenal job. Thank you. And and thanks. I I want to I want to thank them right now. I want to thank Mike Trenacosta, Mike McSulla, Christina Brindley. I want to thank Marlena Wajnar. I want to thank uh oh Rob, Rob, you were there too. I want to thank Rob. <laughs> um oh, thank you. Oh, oh, thank and you. of course I absolutely need to thank our Pennywise, Alex Doyle, who, you know, when we were creating this event, it was like, how do we do this? Should we stick with Tim Curry Pennywise? Should we try to find someone who can do a Skarsgård impression? And I was hesitant to do either, um, A, because I thought that if we stuck to one of those versions, it would disappoint 50% of the audience, no matter what. And also, B... As I've said before, uh, and as, as apparent as it may be, I love the books. I've literally read the books over 75 times in my lifetime. I always get something from it. And I, I've always wanted to see something that was closer to the books. And we interviewed and auditioned so many people for that role. And all it took was one afternoon with Alex Doyle. We showed up and he had books, pictures, songs, thoughts, deep thoughts, he had a fucking um, castanet that he had learned to play circus music on. We we walked in and he said, I know what I'm going to do. And it, we could not have asked for a better Pennywise. It, I think it really was the closest thing you could get to the book. And it was entirely unique. And I didn't meet a single person that ran into Alex that wasn't like, pants shittingly scared of him yeah i do have to add to that i feel bad that i didn't mention him in my earlier because like i said that was that opening chase scene in the barrens where alex chased us out as pennywise and i knew who he was and it didn't matter i was at the back because being part of the bevs i think the bills went left and the bevs were the last of the group to go in the right direction but I didn't want to panic. We had one Bev that I think I was worried about running and damaging like a knee. So I didn't want to panic her. But we had Pennywise behind us moving at the perfect speed that he stayed completely even with us without really gaining, but always keeping us moving. Uh. And that voice, there were several times he shouted out that I had to literally remind myself not to push people down and trample them. That's how terrified I was. He did an amazing job in that role. And then he captured that kind of hysterical, like, crazedness that I imagined the clown capturing. Like like you said, you know, it, he almost caused he almost caused everybody to, to trample. <laughs> and one of the greatest things that I had in this event was I unfortunately I didn't get to see everything else that was going on because I was, I was in the, the farthest point from the game really, which was back at the home base, the lodge um, that we were staying at. And so in the beginning I was kind of like, well, how's this going to go? How's this going to play out? I had scoped the house while I was laying out the clues that were supposed to be there. 
um, you know, walk the per- perimeter of the outside so I would know where I would be running because I can't, Dracula can't have a flashlight. Um, so that, that, that adds a little bit of, a, a, a you know, a monkey wrench to the work, so to speak. And so I knew, I knew that I was going to be predominantly inside. Um, if people were staying outside, then I would be going outside to scare them. Um, you know, doing, doing everything that I needed to do that was a, in my script and B in my head. And, um, so it took about, it took about a good half hour or so for, um, groups to start making their way back down to the main lodge because it was literally all the way across on the other end of, of the camp. And, you know, I had my two lookouts. I had Heather and Liz there. Um, you know, they were keeping an eye out for flashlights, um, and things like that. And I knew that one group was closing in. So I had, I had seen, um, because I laid them out, the clues in the bathroom and I wanted to make my start in there at first. So I went into the bathroom, um, which was creepy as hell. It had been written in blood on the mirror, um, by me. Um, I shut the lights off and I went into, because I knew that the path that they had to follow for certain things. So I went into the stall, I shut the door. Now, normally a bathroom is off limits. So I got in there and I was like, Oh, well, what if someone has to come in and use the bathroom? Well, no one could see the top of me or the bottom of me. So I kind of crouched on the toilet and waited and um, the, the light was off. So the, the first group or a, a group a, a person comes in and the light in the bathroom goes on. And I just wait and wait. And he's starting to futz around with the clues. And he said, hey, guys, it, it, there, there's a clue in here. There's a note, blah, 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 blah. And so I knew he was distracted. And I said in this voice, I was like, you know that saying, shit or get off the pot? And I flung the door open to the stall. And I said, well, I decided to get off the pot. This kid ran like through the fucking wall. I mean, it was just, it was probably one of the best moments I've ever had, um, you know, as someone trying to scare someone. I've never seen anybody run that way. I mean, it was like the that you would hear in the cartoons. And like, if if you could picture a hole in the wall in the shape of him, that's what it was. Now, this kid was like 6'3". Um, so I follow him really quickly. I've got a balloon in my hand inadvertently because I have these, these claw nails. I popped the balloon, which I didn't mean to do. <laughs> and that added more terror because everybody else turned around at that point. Um, even though he was running out of there screaming, he's here, he's here, he's here. And um, I realized at that moment that there were like 30 people in the lodge. Somehow three groups or so had converged or more in the lodge at the same time, which I don't know if that was part of the game plan um, because I don't know how the clues were written in on what series, but it caused this mass hysteria. And like Heather and Liz, their eyes just opened wide because they were like, oh shit, like everybody's running or trying to run out of the lodge now. And I mean, there were people jumping over tables, chairs were going everywhere. And unfortunately, there was a, a one of our one of our contestants or players. Um, you know, they fell, and um, so we we had to call a hold, and you know, get things back in track. But that was without a doubt the 
the most fun I've had in, in in any of the the Dark Hills gaming events that I've been part of because I actually got to be part of the fear. And, you know, I actually had Joe texting me. He's like, dude, you got to let people go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm not letting people not people go to were, the bathroom. They're people just were so terrified of you, though, that people were like, we haven't peed. We, we haven't drank anything. <laughs> we're getting ready to drink our pee. Anything is better than facing off against Rob again. <laughs> and, and I mean, that was really cool. And I'm like, I was actually getting frustrated in a way because I, w- I wanted to like go out and shout at Joe and be like, I'm not stopping anybody from coming in here, <laughs> but they wouldn't come in. And so I was like, okay, if nobody's coming in, I'm going outside. So like I'm watching people look in windows and all of a sudden I'm behind them. And then they're trying to get in the front door and I know all the doors and I unlocked one or two of the doors that was normally locked so that I would have a pathway that they didn't know about. So I was able to, you know, go outside and duck quick back in and then I'd be behind a bunk bed and they're like, oh shit, you know? So it it was, um, even though I didn't get to see the majority of the game outside, I just got to hear about it, um, you know, being part of, of that experience in the lodge itself was just fucking epic. And then when I when I took my leave as Dracula and I'm walking across the dam and you know the moonlight is shimmering and I'm I'm sitting there kind of float you know flowing like Nosferatu um, or one of the older Draculas and I, I I got into it. I mean I'm sitting there and I'm whis- wisping my cape um you know, it was it, it was absolutely awesome, and there was this one group of of players that was like, "Oh, he's a, he's not going to run, he's not going to run," and I didn't. But I started walking very fast, and they're sitting there talking, and they're not moving. So I keep getting closer and keep getting closer, and this, like, oh shit, he must be running, and they just took off. Which, as Dracula with no flashlight trying to walk through that camp, not fun. <laughs> that part was definitely not fun. Thank God, Joe made me wear boots. They helped. <laughs> but yeah, Joe, thank you for making me part of it. Um, you know, both at the Monster Con and then um again again during the, the event. It was um it was a great experience. Great experience. So real quick, I'm gonna reject here and say that everybody I so far I've brought four people total to these events. So I went to the first event alone and loved it. I brought one person to the second event and then three people, including um my and he Jackson, who is the thirteen-year-old, who's my friend Christie's son, loved it. Like he wants to come to the October event, but my friend had to my my friend Christy had to be tell him that she just couldn't necessarily take him to every event you guys hold. Uh, yeah, he was all about it, and then he was like, "Well, will you take me?" And I was like, "I can't go to the October event, kid. There's no way I can send you." But um, everybody I've talked to has loved every single one of these events. And for different reasons, which I think is really interesting and I love about this particular type of – I mean, it's one of the things I love about horror in general, but also about this particular type of immersive horror is that every single person I've talked to has had a different reason why they've loved it so much. And um, I just wanted to say that it's been interesting to hear the different feedback, but everybody I've talked to that I'm like, hey, did you want me to keep you posted on future events is like, yes, 100%, I want to come back. So, like, honestly, Joey, you have literally discovered a formula that almost everyone seems to enjoy once they get here. I think it's just taking them in the door and helping them understand exactly what the whole thing is about. 
that is the challenge. I gotta, I gotta get real for a second. I gotta get real because I admitted that. Oh I, shit! We're getting. Real? I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna get as real as MTV in the mid '90s was. I love. Are you gonna slap me in the face while I have lupus? Is that what's gonna about to oh, happen? Oh damn! <laughs> uh, ow! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's exactly what I thought of when you said getting real. I thought of the real world on yeah. MTV, where the guy oh, slaps the girl yep. in the face when she's leaving. Yep, I remember that. Okay, thank you. Donnie knows Definitely, what I'm talking I mean, about. If I could slap you through, I mean, even if I could slap you through the radio, I wouldn't slap you. All right, please cut this. Let's cut this too. Let's cut the me referencing slapping Mary. <laughs> okay. Uh. No, no, but in all honesty, I got to get a little fucking weird for a hot second because, you know, a couple years ago, I did this because I saw it was going to be October, it was going to be Friday the 13th in October, and I was like, fuck, when's that going to come around again? And I'd always wanted to stalk people in the woods dressed as Jason, and I thought I'd invite my friends, and that'd be it. It'd be this one-time thing, it'd be no big fucking deal, and... The fact that I've got to do this now, one, two, three, four, five, six, this is this has been our eighth event. This has only been our eighth event, but the fact that I've gotten to do eight events has been, uh, in all honesty, this is the most fulfilling creative thing that I have ever done in my life, period, hands down. It is more fulfilling than any theater I've ever done, than any film I've ever been a part of. And 100% the reason is because of you guys. And I don't just mean you three, although you three are a very large part of it. Uh, It's because the people who come and what I've seen you get out of it, and most importantly, just like the friendships that I've seen you you guys have made, like, I, I, I think... I can say that shit is really bad in the world right now. You know, it can be hard to go somewhere without seeing something horrible or somebody being mean or cruel. And here, all I'm doing is bringing people to be in a horror movie. And somehow, I've gathered the most supportive, friendly, kind, transgressive people I've I've ever seen in my life. And it is the most, it's, it's this, the most fulfilling thing thing that I've ever done. Like even, even though it's like 99% accident um, to like, look at people and be like, Oh my God, if only for 24 hours, I'm giving people of all ages and genders and, and races and groups a place where they can just be kind to each other. It's, uh, it's the best thing I could do with my life right now. And it's uh, outside of my family. It's one of the few things that makes me like truly beautifully happy. So, all right. You can feel free to cut all that schmaltzy stuff, but I don't know. Dude. Dude. No, you, you, please don't no, cut no, that. I, absolutely not. Dude, you're like the fucking Mr. Rogers of horror. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wow! First of all, I love the Mr. Oh. Rogers of her horror, but I, I really quickly, and you can cut this into whatever part of the podcast podcast you feel it fits. 
I want to touch on the idea that you kind of said where you feel like you had just coincidentally stumbled upon this. I don't feel like it's coincidental. I feel like that sort of, and and I think you touched upon it a little bit when you did the history of horror podcast last week or when you aired it um, <laughs> in terms, sorry, that wasn't supposed to be a thing. And I didn't mean it to sound snotty. I just meant like, I know you recorded it earlier, but aired it last week. When I listened to it, what I thought of was that idea of the horror reflects that. And again, that gets a little bit into the horror comedy genre, which I've already told Rob and Donnie, I want to talk about at a future event. But, um, the idea that horror reflects that mirror upon society and that it touches upon that idea that of the other, and, and you touched upon this with the creature of the black lagoon idea, that, that analysis of how the creature from the black lagoon might not have been a creature, but might have been more of the African American experience or that idea of the quote unquote other. And I think horror is, ideally maybe not ideally i feel like ideally might be the wrong word for it horror at its best embraces that idea of the other it embraces that idea of openness it embraces that idea of this is not something that's generally accepted by the norm but might be something that should be generally accepted by the norm and challenges that and pushes the envelope and so when you do something that's horror immersive you're going to attract people that are naturally attracted to pushing that envelope that are naturally attracted to opening up their mind to things that might be beyond what society seizes within the realm of normal. So I don't know that I would necessarily say it's coincidental so much as maybe you don't mean it by design, but it is by design of the horror genre. And maybe I'm overstating what I feel is important about horror, but that's kind of how I feel when I, when I show up to these events and I see all of these different people from all different walks of life, kind of contributing to this overall storyline and narrative what what seems to be the contributing factor is that openness if that makes sense you know what's you know what's amazing to me is that yes we are all from different walks of life we all have different ideas we all have different political spectrums we all have different you know sexualities or just different everything and we are able we are able to come together as a group or as multiple groups and for the most part minus one group have one of the most incredible experiences that you can have you know together i came last year Gross. for title of my title of my sex <laughs> i came last year <laughs> i came to the jesus christ so I came to the event a year ago last June, and I didn't know what to expect. I was very nervous. Everybody that said they were going to go ditched me at the last minute. And I had um, Angelo and Michelle and um, two of their adult children come, I guess. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anybody. I was very scared. Um, you know, but the friends that I made there literally have become lifelong friends. Um, whether it's the Dominic family at first and Joe and his, his wonderful wife and, you know, the whole crew there, Mike and Heather, uh, the room Four original gang, um, you know, 
and then later on, you know, as, as the events went on, you know, all the veterans kind of stuck together. And then, you know, this past April, I got to meet Donnie and I got to meet Mary and, you know, they became lifelong friends. And, you know, so I signed up for a thing that I had no idea what I was going to do for my birthday. And I ended up making friendships that, you know, are, are literally going to last a lifetime. And it, it's, that's that's what i like to see people take out of this you know event and you know as an actor um you know that's been on stage i i love giving people a way to get away from the the shitty world that we live in sometimes and be able to take them someplace else and joe and everybody else that's been involved with this that's what you do um you give you give people that time where they don't have to talk about politics or they don't have to talk about, you know, terrors and anything else. We, we literally go get to be in a movie. We get to go live in a movie and we get some of the most heart racing, you know, jaw dropping entertainment that you could possibly get because you're part of it. And, you know, it's even the stuff before and after, you know, the, the game is obviously very, very important, but really it's the stuff that happens all day and then all night and sometimes into the dawn hours that makes this event what it you know, is. Steven, Steven Merchant uh, famously said in an interview about comedy, he said, comedy is about people trying to love each other and all the awkward, funny shit getting in the way. And I've always believed that horror is about people trying to love each other and monsters getting in the fucking way. And it's something nice. that I have seen time and again at Camp Blood. And, you know, maybe I definitely think it's a large part of what Mary said. And at times I also wonder if it isn't just sort of like the nature of the conflict. You know, the the world can be a very difficult place to, to choose where you stand when you make a battle. I mean... Not in politics. If you're a Republican, you're fucking evil. So we'll just say that outright. Um, but there can, <laughs> there can be time. Sorry. The female needs to be recorded as laughing at that statement. But in reality, I'm crying. Uh, anyway, but no, yeah. In, in, in reality, it can be very difficult to be like, where do you where do you make a stand? When do you choose your battles? Like, it it's not as clear cut as we want it to be. It's a lot of fucking grays. But in the world of horror, and especially at Camp Blood, that conflict is so pure. There is evil, and there is good. And you you make a stand against evil with all the other people who are good. You know? So it, it's maybe it's a bunch of shit. It, but honest to God, Camp Blood is the most amazing thing I have seen in my life, emotionally physically and absolutely fucking sociologically oh man i should write papers and you know what i think we can all agree on that and you know that that actually that tidies that tidies the pennywise lives event up with a bow because i think we've we've really discussed all we can about that so i'm gonna let mary wants to talk um mary um you go ahead with your your final thoughts on that um, googly eye, you go with your final thoughts on that, and then we'll segue into I need to ask Joe a question. So, 
Real quick, and I I don't want to be long on this, but I did want to touch a little bit, and it's not about the Pennywise event. It's just about Camp Blood in general, like Joe touched on, in terms of that whole feel. And one of the things that I think is funny is that everybody I've brought to a Camp Blood event, one of the things I take away from it is that, okay, so that very second event I went to, and again, I met you guys that first event. We stayed up until, like, what, three or four in the morning talking just geeky four in the morning just geeky nerd stuff video games horror movies just kind of bonding over the shared pop culture references that we all had and i remember leaving from that and going i had such a good time and then i brought uh jason bishop back with me to the second event and i remember when we left that event one of the things he said to me was he was like like you went once and you said what a good time you had. And then you walked in there and it was like, everybody greeted you like you were family. And I think there is something to be said a little bit. And again, I don't think we can touch on it entirely, but there's something to be said about that bond that horror gives Mm -hmm. people. And even though none of us, I think experienced the truly terrifying at camp blood, like we were scared, but that close bond that horror and that shared love of horror gives us all is something I don't want to say is understated, especially when we're talking about any of those events. So again, I'm just giving you a lead in to a future conversation on a future podcast, because I feel like there's so much more we could talk about, but we don't have time for it right now. Well said. Donnie. I'm going to piggyback a little bit on what Mary said. Um, It's same thing happened to me. Um, I went to that first event. I, I ended up, I, I, the only time I was actually able to convince uh, people to go, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, Scott Moore, he he brought his daughter, um, uh, which surprised me because I didn't even think he was going to go. Um, and uh, but I got there and just made friends so quickly. Uh, Rob being one of the main ones, and then you know, and, and Joey and Mary and stuff. But um, by the time I went to my second event, I was already a legend. Like, I was told that specifically. Like, oh my god, you're a legend. Like, we heard about blah, blah, blah. We heard about your, the, the, the moment that, uh, that Michelle Parati, like, tried to, to tried to, like, when she tried to take you away from the group. And, like, I'd only been there, like, one time. And suddenly I come in and, like, people are telling me stories about me to me. And I'm not even joking. Like, they're dropping the word, like, you're a, you're a legend. Like, and I was like, I, I've only been to one event, guys. Like, what? There's not much to tell, but apparently I made enough of an impact um, that uh, you know up, upon my return trip to the second one, uh, it was it was already it was already set in stone. It was already like, all right, Donnie's a part of this now. And I, I will say this: um, I that meant so much to me because I mean I, I I've I've spent my entire life trying to figure out where I belong. And I, you know, I, I thought I found a place where I belonged once and turns out not to be the case, or at least it was, it was the case once upon a time, but I, it's either, either I've outgrown it or it's outgrown me or something, but I managed to find these people at the right time, at the right point in my life. And I can't be happier because I, I, it's like Mary said, like, it's just, it, they're suddenly like their family. Like, it's weird. I've, I've never been so in like, in, ingrained into a group as quickly as this and it's it's really refreshing um and i can't wait i can't wait to, to do more like i can't wait to, to, to go to more because uh i look forward to these now um this you know the pennywise event was my third one as well and 
I look forward to every single one of them. And and in, 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 it's only even a fraction, uh, a fraction of what I look forward to is is the event. What I really really look forward to is seeing all the people that I've become friends and family with. That's that that means more to me. Like don't get me wrong, I love the events. Like I love. I think Joey does an amazing job. I think they're so meticulously and uh, well crafted. There's so much attention to detail. They're so well put together. They're so complex. Um, it's it's a shame when the people that participate uh, don't are able to appreciate or 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 just fuck it up. Um, because it, like I get it. Like it's like it's when you see it in action, when you see it uh, in operation the way it's supposed to be. It's a beautiful thing. Like it's it's like a fucking uh, like well-oiled machine when it when it's when it's working on, on you know correctly and everybody's doing you know nobody fucks it up. Um, but where am I? I lost my thought of trains. Oh, um, but yeah, I I I I'm I'm, I'm glad to be a part of these and uh, I'm I plan on going to every single one of them as, as much as, as if I can. Like that's my plan. There's a um, <clears throat> there was a radio show a couple. Well, it was on a lot. Well, it was on for a long time. It was called the Opie and Anthony Show, and I loved listening to the Opie and Anthony Show, as politically incorrect as it was. Um, and their fans were called the Whack Pack. And honest to God, that's what you guys, all of everybody that's involved with these events, um, from the players that I don't know to you know the friends that I've made, that's what you guys are to me. You're my Whack Pack. You know, we call ourselves in in the small group the you know the losers club, but I mean, you're my whack pack. Uh, that's that's really what it comes down to. It's just we're we're a bunch of crazy, you know, awesome people um, that just love going out, having fun, entertaining others. And you know, the the best thing is that I've gotten to have four or three three class reunions this year basically you know because that's what it always it it literally feels like you're going back to back to your school days back to when you were young and you didn't have to worry about bills and mortgages and car payments and all this other crap that you know you have to worry about now it's you know you get to <clears throat> you get to re-experience that kind of stuff every couple months this year um you know i don't have any idea what's on the docket for next year um, but that does lead us into talking a little bit about, and I'm going to let Joe run with this because this is, you know, this is um, an event that we we really don't know much about. Um, but the next event is October 26th. It is called A Stab in the Dark. And Joe, I'm going to let you explain to our listeners what they can look forward to. Um, and... Obviously, the links for tickets will be in the description below the podcast that you're listening to now on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, but I'm going to let Joe explain a little bit about what Stab will be about. So, Joe? It's going to be a scream, baby! And I mean in the best possible way. It is our first scream event. I don't know if there's going to be more, but there's definitely going to be this one. I don't want to tell you too much, but there are some things I can tell you right off the bat. First and foremost, we are fully embracing the Scream atmosphere and aesthetic. It It isn't just going to be about showing up and surviving this time. Those with horror movie knowledge, those who know horror movies, are going to have the best chance of surviving so 
Uh, I'm throwing that right there on the table for you. Um, second thing, anyone who came to our Halloween event last year, which was Halloween themed, you know that for these special events, we like to whip out those NPCs. Last year, we had an amazing Lori. We had an amazing Tommy Jarvis. And we had a, oh my God, we had a Dr. Loomis that was just like insane in the fucking membrane. It, it was beyond belief. Fucking brilliant. And, and we are pulling out all those stops for Scream as well. I will not tell you which characters from the Scream series will be making an appearance, but I feel like if you thought about it, you can figure it out. Uh, and really, uh, the last two things I want to say is uh, those of you who've been to a Friday the 13th experience, you might be saying to yourself, I can do this. How could Scream be much different from a Friday the 13th experience? And I'll tell you how much less weapons, much, 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 much less weapons. You, there really isn't going to be a chance to defend yourself. There's only going to be chances to run, hide, and figure out who the fucking killer is. But the last thing I want to say about our Scream event, because I, I'm not content with just throwing an event. I'm not content with just chasing you fuckers around a dark area at night. I want to bring something new and brilliant to every single event. I want people walking away going, holy shit, he didn't just do it again. He did something different. And you know what we're doing this time? This time, our Scream event will have four, not one, not even two or three, but count them, four completely different endings. And the ending you get will depend entirely on how you play the game and what items you find. Whoa. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, I, I, I can't even, I can't even be, begin to describe how excited I am. Number one, because it's, it's right around Halloween, which is the, um, probably my favorite holiday, holiday of the year. Um, it's, it's going to be epic. It's, or as Joe said, it's going to be a scream, baby. Um, Scream is one of my favorite franchises. Um, I watch the movies religiously every year. Um, they are completely, completely, completely awesome. Um, so, with that all being I wanna, said, I, wanna, I think we've tied. I want to interject. Go ahead. Real quickly, I want to. I yep. also want to say that um, I am proud to say that I actually will be a performer uh, in the stab event. Uh, it'll be my first time, uh, my fourth event that I'm going to. My first time as a performer, uh, I, I auditioned uh, for Dark Hills Gaming uh, a couple months ago, and I uh, am proud to uh, announce that I will be playing Kenny the Cameraman uh, for the uh, uh, for the stab event. Uh, Joey has given me a really great role to play. Uh, and, and anybody who isn't familiar with Scream, uh, Kenny the Cameraman is the guy who basically the cameraman for Gale, the um, Courtney Cox character in the first Scream. Um, so I'm kind of excited. Um, I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like to be a performer. And Grant, um, obviously, I'm going to have to miss out on, on uh, the portion of the uh, the gameplay, um, kind of like what you did, Rob, depending on how it's structured. But I'm excited. This is, I mean, it's so much fun because I, I get to be a part of it, and I love that. We are going to try something new tonight um, that we, we will be doing with our guests every single week here on the R&D Project. 
And that is a little segment that Donnie has affectionately named Chop Quiz. So what this is going to entail is I'm going to throw some rapid fire questions at you and you have um, you have to say the first thing that comes to the top of your head. Favorite horror movie? Alien. Best horror villain? Pinhead. You're locked in a battle against a horde of zombies. Who do you want as your right hand? I mean, Ashy Slashy. Ash Williams. Picard or Kirk? Oh, Kirk. Best horror theme music? Exorcist. Weapon of choice against an unstoppable killer? Uh, Oh. I mean... Oh, God damn it! I'm sorry. The comic book geek in me wants to say unstoppable force meets immovable object. Yes! <laughs> yes! Best, Boom! No best, one could argue with that. Juggernaut versus the blob, bitch. Best Scream Queen. Oh, 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 shit. That feels like the most controversial question of all. Um, shit. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Favorite comedy? Favorite comedy? Whoa, comedy yep. horror or just comedy in general? Comedy. Favorite comedy. <gasps> oh my god, this feels worse than any horror question you've ever asked me. Um, Fletch Lives. Wow. Oh, Favorite drama? Shit. It's between Fletch Lives or Blazing Saddles and I cannot decide. I'm sorry. Favorite drama? Shit. Good God. You guys are asking way more than I expected. Don't look at me. This. Uh, favorite drama? I- I'm going to go with Steel Magnolias. Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, or Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank Redemption. Fucking hands down. No hesitation. Oh, damn! Tim Curry or <laughs> Bill Skarsgård? <gasps> Tim Curry for Clue, Bill Skarsgård for It. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You got away with that one. Worst horror sequel of all time. I saw your trap, and I side-saddled it. Well played. Sorry, what was that? Well played. Worst horror sequel of all time. Worst horror sequel of all time? Yep. Oh, fuck. Um, I have to say this, and it's not because I hate the movie, but because if you're looking at it as part of the series, it's awful in the series. Halloween 3. It's okay. not a bad movie. It's just, if you're going to call it Halloween 3, it's fucking horrible. Okay. And last question. Jar Jar or Ewoks? Ewoks. Fucking hands down. How do you even <laughs> ask me about it? If it's not Darth Jar Jar, get him out of my movies. There you go. Okay. We can bring Joe back on. Can, Someone message Can I just him. say, I love Five Bourbon Mary. Yes. She is <laughs> <I'm> fun. <laughs> Did I do well or did I do badly? I don't know what that you means. You did well. You did I well. Just, the amount of gusto she oh, this Oh, my goodness. It's magnified. I love it. All right. Hold on. I'm going on Good. mute and I'm letting Joe know he can come back. I'm back. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. I've been ready, baby. Okay. Okay, Joe. Chop quiz. Favorite horror movie? Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dreamwaves. Ah! Best horror villain? Freddy Krueger. You're locked in a battle against a horde of zombies. Who do you want as your right hand? Mary. Damn. Picard or Kirk? Picard. Best horror theme music? Oh, Halloween. Weapon of choice against an unstoppable killer? Machete. Best scream queen? Oh, Heather Langenkamp. Favorite comedy? 
Shaun of the Dead. Favorite drama? Jaws. 1994, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, or Shawshank? Shawshank. Tim Curry or Bill Skarsgård? Tim Curry. Worst horror sequel of all time? There are none. Jar Jar or Ewoks? Ewoks. Very good. Well done. Can I just jump in and say that I appreciate how simply Joey completely answered those questions? Most of the latter half of my answers required a a great deal of explanation. Yes. And that's okay. That's okay. She actually said um, Tim Curry for Clue, Bill Skarsgård for it. That was great. That was great. All right, guys. So that ends our evening for tonight. I'd like to thank Joe and Mary both for coming on and um, giving their thoughts and their their things on, on... Yes, insight. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. Thank you very, very, very much. Um, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to tell you about what's going to be happening next week because next Thursday we will have a very special guest. Um, All right, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to bounce. Okay. If, if it's no longer about me, I'm just going to bounce around. Wow, that's horrible. Stick on for like two seconds. Real quick, you can leave, but I just want to say I appreciate so much that you answered you would want me on your side with a zombie invasion. Like the amount of pride that swelled inside me when you said that was huge. I've learned so much from Camp Blood, but the thing I've learned more than anything else is do not fuck with Mary (laughs) Engelhardt. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Um, next Thursday, we will have a very special guest on the R&D project. He is Anthony Massey of Massey Media. He is behind – his production company is behind such hits as Halloween 25 Years of Terror. His name was Jason. Um, the bonus um, – the, the Scream documentary in the Scream 5 film set. Um, Psycho Legacy and the 50 best horror movies you've never seen. Um he is a right now they are working on the unknown dimension which is a story of paranormal activity basically his company is responsible for or behind in some way every single documentary on horror that is out there right now um he's worked with some of the giants in the industry um he is one of my closest friends i can't wait to have him on here um to talk about um, horror in general, um, give his insights on, you know, what's going on with horror now, and it should be a treat for everybody. So that's something you do not want to miss a week from Sunday. Um, and other than that, Donnie, do you have any last thoughts or, or... yeah, make sure you spay and neuter your, uh, pets or something. I don't know, man. I got nothing. Make you sure you spay and you neuter your, your Donnie's, your Joey's, your Rob's, your oh, Mary's. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we going all hard candy here? Why are we going all hard candy all of a sudden? You know, I'm going to take the any comparison to hard candy as a compliment, quite frankly. So, so, so five bourbons equals Ellen Page. All right, got it. Um, Four bourbons equals Ellen Page. Five bourbons equals we are not entirely sure of. You just called upon Ellen Page. (laughs) Nice. Like a roulette wheel. All right, right, boys and girls. (laughs) All right. Tomorrow is iPhone day, so I need to go to bed early. (laughs) That was a weird statement. It was. That was kind of a weird statement. 
I can't wait to get my new iPhone. I can't. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, so guys, thank you very, very much for being here with us. Um, again, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mary. Uh, we look forward to having you guys back on another episode. Um, you guys are always, always, always welcome with Donnie and I. Um, Donnie, yep. it's been a great episode. I think so. Yeah, we had a lot of yeah. fun. Um, and other than that, as always, we will see you next week. And we out. Thank <laughs> you.